Let's welcome in from the Ranger Radio Network, Jared Sandler. Jared, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, you guys are telling me that game two of a 162-game season isn't as important as the final four games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, in the hometown. So, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna get bumped uh, down the hall to uh, to one of our other radio Dang. stations. So, no, that. Hey, that's that's really cool. What's happening though? Baylor's so. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys this. They're so fun to watch, and I'm really. So I always get conflicted here because, uh, you know, the the better chance of winning a title is if UCLA beats Gonzaga. But from a, a just a college basketball fan standpoint, Baylor Gonzaga uh, would be a whole lot of fun, and uh, definitely pulling for Baylor. And hope uh, hopefully they can pull things out tomorrow. You know, they were scheduled to play earlier in the year, and because of some COVID, I, I'm glad they didn't. Now I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, no, for sure. That that is kind of. It, it's cool how it's worked out. If, if they weren't going to meet up in the tournament, uh, then it would have been cool if they would have played. But it's kind of like uh, you know the old pre-interleague uh, baseball setup where when you face a team in the World Series, it is the first time you're facing them all year, and uh, uh, it would be really cool. I mean, they, listen, I mean, the tournament's such a crapshoot, right? Any one-and-done format, it's not always the best team that wins or the two best teams. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but it is. it was so clear that they were the two best teams. Uh, they, there was like the third best team was not on the same level. And it's really cool that they're in a position to, to meet up. And I'm rooting for Chalk tomorrow. Maybe that's boring. I also went to USC, so I hate UCLA. So that's not a hard decision for me. I also don't really like the city of Houston in general, so that's not a hard decision for me. Uh, so uh, hopefully Baylor and Gonzaga can pull it out. Hey, hey, man, I kind of like the way you're thinking on this thing. Let's dive into this this deal. And before we talk a little bit about yesterday, the Rugnet Odor situation, did you see that coming? I mean, was did you anticipate uh, him not being a part of the of the the big club? So I actually, before spring training, put out uh, a Fool's Aaron 26-man roster prediction, and he was not on it. But then, as spring training unfolded, and he took really well to third base and actually played defensively well, I thought, okay, you know, maybe they are going to give him a chance. But then, over the final few days, when we're starting to learn each day that this guy made it, and this guy made it, and what he told these two guys they made it, we never heard him tell us that Rudy had made it. Yet, while he didn't tell us Charlie Culberson had made it either, he spoke about Charlie Culberson as if he's going to be on the team. And so uh, connecting the dots, it seemed to uh, be heading in that direction. And then finally the writers who, you know, they slave over the roster for hours on end each day. Finally, I think it was Evan Grant who asked Woody, hey, is Rudy on the team? And Woody gave a very noncommittal answer. And it was very clear at that point that he wasn't. And it just, you could have made an argument as to why he should have been on the team this year, but it just seemed like the Rangers really badly want to turn the page. And I think it ultimately is a situation where uh, it, it's best for Ruggie and it's best for the Rangers. I think he could really benefit from a fresh start if he is going to salvage his big league career and uh, turn into a guy who lasts at the big league level for several years. And I think for the Rangers, the, the benefit of him sticking around uh, after years and years of just not being consistent enough to warrant a, a starting role, just wasn't there, and it's an opportunity for them to, I hate to say clean house like he was a, a bad part of that clubhouse because he really wasn't. Uh, I know people want to make him out to be 
this you know what guy and but his his teammates loved him uh but it is a new era and they've got so much fresh blood in that clubhouse and i think that uh i think that's really helpful as they try and and create a a new uh, new chapter and hopefully a story that's going to have a, a lot better ending in a few years than what we've had over the past few seasons. Well, you've kind of answered the question then. My, my next question was going to be, was it all about performance on the field with the Odor decision? Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately that was a huge part of it. Uh, you know, the was it 2015 and 2016, he gave you a lot of reason to be excited. And then 17, 18, 19, 20, he gave you one month a year uh, to be excited. And unfortunately, the other months were just so unproductive. Uh, and I, I think at some point it's, you know, they they decided that the contract wasn't going to get in the way of them making uh, a baseball decision. And Rudy might go and, and have success elsewhere, but it just it wasn't working here. And I think he really badly, if he was – or if he is going to have success, needs a, a fresh start. He doesn't, you know, I, I don't know how much the fans play into this decision at all, but the reality is uh, every time he swung and missed at a pitch outside of the zone or every time he struck out or every time he had back-to-back bad games, it just it, it, it seemed like the pressure for him uh, was way greater than it was for anyone, and that's just not healthy for any athlete in that situation. So, I think the play ultimately, I mean, listen, if he's a productive player, this isn't happening. Uh, so the play is the prevailing reason as to why. But I do think there were some other factors that uh, adding those factors up, it just made a lot of sense for the Rangers to do this. Jared, how about David Dahl joining Bob Watson as the only Rangers player to hit three, get a three-hit game on his birthday on uh, opening day? Well, I, he loves opening day. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's three straight years on opening day. He's had three hits. Uh, and uh, there are only 10 players in Major League history who have more three-hit games on opening day, and he last year did it against the Rangers. He had the first hit and then the first extra base hit. I think he also had the first strikeout in Globe Life Field history. Uh, but, you know, I really think this is a guy I – mean, this is the type of – he's not old, but, you know, he's not a, a first, second-year player or anything, and he's exactly the type of guy you take a chance on when you're in the current state the Rangers are in. Uh, he's cheap. He's because the Rockies decided to non-tender him. He's under control. This guy was an all-star in 2019. You know, it's it's not easy to be an all-star at this level, especially as an outfielder. Uh, and he was an all-star. And so there's obviously a lot of talent there. Uh, and hopefully the Rangers can uh, figure out a way to to harness that talent and, and recapture maybe what he was doing in 2019. You know, his big issue has been injuries. And last year his numbers were horrible, but. He played through an injury all year that required surgery uh, right after the season. And, you know, while he didn't want to just fully admit it, I, I think it's really clear that that had an impact uh, on his season. So hopefully a healthy David Dahl will be a productive David Dahl, but he was definitely one of several who had encouraging days of the plate. And as bizarre as that game was and how unfortunate it was that the Rangers lost the game, they led 5 nothing uh, before the Royals even got a hit. Uh, it, it's really obviously the pitching and, and defense. Offensively, they had a tremendous day at the plate, and hopefully uh, it's a, a sign of what's to come, even if they're not going to score 10 runs a game. How excited should Rangers fans be about um, about Nate Lowe? 
I'd say cautiously excited. You know, I I, I always hesitate, uh, just like with David Dahl. I mean, teams don't give up on really, really good players easy. Uh, and while the Rangers had to give up a, a decent package of prospects, you know, the and, and the Rays didn't really have a need for Nate Lowe. Um, if he, if they saw him, and, and the Rays are great talent evaluators, has been, you know, as they've demonstrated over the last decade plus, as a, you know, a future All Star, then maybe they wouldn't have been so easy to part ways. But uh, I think there's also on the other side of that an argument to be made that he just wasn't getting the consistent opportunities that would allow him to to flourish. Uh, and uh, I think the Rangers believe that he might be the first baseman of the future. Uh, I don't think that they would pound their fists on the table and say, gosh, dang it, he is our first baseman of the future. But it's certainly worth giving him an opportunity to get every day at bats, which he really hasn't had at a big le- as a big leaguer this year, to see what he can do as a hitter. And the thought is that he's got a really advanced approach of the plate. Uh, he is a smart hitter. He's able to use all fields. Uh, and I-, I think the Rangers hope that they've got a guy maybe who – can hit 240, 250, walk a decent amount, and hit 20 to 25 home runs. And if that's the case, then uh, they have a a pretty good player there. Uh, But Nate Lowe just hasn't had the the everyday at-bats over the course of his big league career to show what he is or or he isn't, frankly. Uh, And so he's a guy I'm I'm really intrigued by. I don't want to sit here and and make any sort of guarantees, but I am intrigued by Nate Lowe and, and curious to follow him throughout the season. Jared Sandler, uh, our guest here on the program from the uh, Texas Ranger Radio Network. Jared, I, I was thinking the the phrase has to be, or the word has to be, I think, patience. Uh, not only is this organization in a rebuild, but right now it's just just decimated with injuries. So I, I, fans, whether we like it or not, we're going to have to be patient with this ball club. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think one of the challenges of a rebuild is – on the organization side, committing to the plan that does require patience because, you know, hopefully the general manager, Chris Young, president of baseball operations, Sean Daniels, and their equivalents in other organizations when they're in this process, you'd like to believe they block out the noise, right? They block out the fans because they, they're, they're wise enough to know we've got to stick to this plan. We can't feel pressured. But the owners are a little more human. Owners are maybe a, a little more susceptible to hear the fan noise because uh, the owners have to also concern themselves with getting fans in the building and, and the whole business picture. And a lot of times you see rebuilds get derailed because maybe the, there's pressure to make a, a rash decision, whether it's spend a lot on a guy when they don't need to spend a lot on a guy or you know, whatever other decisions could be made. Maybe it's a team that has a really good two and a half months and there's pressure for them to go for a playoff spot when it's pretty clear they are about to just totally crater. Uh, and it's really tough for organizations because, no, you know, fans don't like it. Some fans get it. Uh, you know, the fans who I think really understand how baseball works from a uh, big picture collective bargaining agreement standpoint maybe understand it. But I don't blame the casual fan for not understanding uh, the CBA and why the Rangers maybe not spending this past off season is the smartest thing for them to do. Uh, because why should they understand something that's nuanced and, and super complex uh, like that? You know, the, the general fan wants star power. They want a reason 
to watch or a reason to go to the games. But from the organization's standpoint, you know, their thought, and I think this is the right approach, is at the end of the day, winning is what's going to get you in the door and keep you in the door. And if you want a winner, uh, then it's, it's really got to happen this way. It's got to be a slow, patient rebuild that maybe can be expedited by a player or two. And the Rangers hope that's certainly going to be the case over the next couple of years. But uh, patience is not easy. I don't I think it's easy in anything, but it's certainly not easy with this because it's a 162-game season. And we might have a couple of these before we're really talking about a playoff team. But this is the way that it's got to be done. And, you know, my advice, I guess, would be just enjoy the ride uh, and, and maybe appreciate some of the young guys and, and following their progress because when this thing finally clicks, uh, it's going to be tons of fun, but you gotta you got to put in the work to get there. Hey, Jared, appreciate you popping on. I know it's a day off for uh, for you guys, and you, you popped on the program. We do appreciate it. Have a great day, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, fellas. Be well. Have a great weekend. There you go. Jared, Jared uh, Sandler from the uh, Ranger Radio Network, our guest.